Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. I'm Josiah Johnson. I got the man, the myth, the legend, Gilbert Arenas here with me. And Gil, we're going to do another heat check. It's the first month of the season, mm -hmm. so we got to do a little overreaction. But before we get to that, first, we got to talk about some big news going on in your life. The Wizards finally going to give you your flowers, bring you back to D.C. this weekend. Yes, sir. Game against the Heat on uh, Friday, November 18th. <laughs> so I got to ask you, what does it mean to you to now get your flowers finally from the Wizards, Wizards fans, after leading that squad to consecutive playoff runs, obviously all the other things that went mm -hmm. on, but now you're back at it in D.C. How you feeling? To be honest, it's, it's nerve-wracking a little bit because, you know, um, the way I left. Um, but, you know, just like anything, you know, you know, fans, people, they remember more of the good than they do the bad when there's time um, between, you know, um, seeing you so you know being gone for 12 years instagram showing i still support the guys yeah. and you know still being a fan i think i think it's gonna be epic so this is your first time but you know what i'm, I'm being modest the, the, the game's already sold the f out you it's, know what i mean okay i sold that out i sold it out okay it was me <laughs> all right they already see antoine Karan comes in twice twice a year the boy's back. So you haven't been back for 12 years. Mm -hmm. You ever thought about going back? Have you stepped foot in the Washington, D.C. area, the DMV? Have you been anywhere in that vicinity? No, actually, I haven't. Okay. Uh, no, I did, I did a tour when I did Ball Up uh, right around 2014. Okay. Um, but it was in Baltimore. But, yeah, this is my first time back in the DMV area. Okay. Well, give, I mean, you know, Baltimore is not considered DMV. I told you before, but I know the love that you have because I know the love that I get everywhere I go. Uh -huh. Coachella, airports, <laughs> lobbies, getting stared down, not knowing what's going on. Like, damn, do you want to fight me? Do I owe money? First thing they always say, man, love, no chill, mm -hmm. love, Gil. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they do have some issue with the Giannis take people in Milwaukee, but it's every Milwaukee. other it's region. Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee. They'll, okay. get, over. They'll get over it. That's They'll all that matters. <laughs> So, like I said, we're doing our heat check edition. We're overreacting to the first month of the season. So we're going to start with a segment that the legend producer, Danny, has blessed us with. Mm -hmm. We got to go bad luck or bad team. First, we're going to start with a team that's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, no, I don't do it. Like, don't the do Los it. Angeles Lakers. Lakers are currently 3-10, and 10, 14th in the Western Conference. That third win put them above the Rockets for that last spot in the Wimby Sweepstakes. <laughs> So, Pelicans, you are not getting Wimby as of right now. <laughs> so, Lakers have played one of the toughest schedules so far. Uh, they're 2-8 with LeBron, 1-2 without LeBron. So, Gil, i got to ask you, bad luck or bad team? There's both. Okay. The, the bad luck that they got Palinka, right? And he created a bad team, okay? That's how we're going to do that one. So, LeBron didn't ain't play, right? He didn't play last game, right? Missed the last three games. Missed the last three games, right? And Russell came off the bench still, right? Russell and you Westbrook. want me to watch that game still? LeBron's gone. Westbrook still comes off the bench? All right. Y'all play, play with my emotions, Lakers. How? how? This, I mean, this is a question I have. LeBron James is, okay, so let me just, let me just, do, do we know the team? Do we know the big three, right? LeBron James is there, but not in a jersey. Maybe have some wine. So, but what, what is our big three? What is the Lakers' big three? Uh, on paper, the Lakers' big three is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. Okay, okay. So, one's coming off the bench because uh, we have... We, okay. One's not there. One is, he's in the arena. He's in the arena, he's but he's not, not playing. He's not in the games. So, no one thought 
that this is when he can start. I mean, I, look, I, I know we disagreed on, on Russ coming off the bench, but I mean, him and Brown are ball dominant. I don't see that really working. But Brown's not there. I know. And I know you know. I know. I know Lakers fans know. So for me, I think we had a starter who scored zero. That that's zero. Whole starter scored zero. Then we got someone named Reeves who starts in today's NBA. New Russo. He's a new Caruso. In today's NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Today. So we have Walker, we good. We good now. We're going to talk good. about that, too. No, I, we good. I appreciated the, the IG story. I appreciated you showing some love to Lonnie Walker, the fourth. <laughs> I know the third, second, and first, wherever they meet. I also appreciate it. We good. We good. I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm respecting what he's doing because he's carrying a, a heavy load right now. But uh, we have a zero. Someone scored a zero as a starter. And then we have a Reeves. Okay, that's the backcourt. Them games should be fucking free, okay? Bad team, bad story, horrible group. Next. So I got to talk about Anthony Davis. AD. We do need to get the bottom of that. AD has some, some good games to start. He's having great halves, you know, 20-point halves, and then following it up, you know, it looked like he'd be lost or disappear in the second half. He's came out in, in the games without LeBron. It looked solid. Had a, a big performance against the Nets, which may or may not be Fugazi, obviously, after the Kings put it on him like that in the situations going on in Brooklyn. So we got AD, AD playing without LeBron. What do you think the answer is when Brown comes back? Because obviously at some point, Brown's going to come back. And how do they still maximize and get the most out of AD when that happens? The fact, the fact that we're relying on a 38 road man just lets me know that we have no hope this year AD's supposed to be carrying us right now he's supposed to be now that's what makes me want to give the team back to Russ I'm sorry at least I know Russ is going to play 110% and he's going to try to do what he's going to do even if he fails at it he's going to try so right now you know as a coach I know Russ has carried teams bad teams this is the type of team that he's accustomed to. This is the setup he's accustomed to. You know what I mean? Where the ball is his and he gets to do whatever he wants. And then let Anthony Davis fill in because right now, Anthony Davis hasn't shown that he is willing and ready to put the team on his back. He might not, he just might not be healthy. I mean, I forget what the exact stat was, but since like 2012, you know, teams that started out in areas similar to this to make the playoffs. Russ was on both those teams. So I understand what you're saying at that point. He has the ability, especially when teams are down. Saw with the Wizards when they made that run to the playoffs. See, this is when we needed, uh, uh, what do they call it? A stat pattern? Yeah. Is that what they call it? What, are the, what was that little lingo they used? Uh, stat uh, stat pattern, yeah, stat pattern. Yeah, stat, this, this is what, that's the Russ we need right now. We need the, the triple-double We Russ. need the triple-double Russ that's going to go in. His teammates just go get all these rebounds because we, we, we ain't worrying about y'all to get the rebound because I'm going to do it. That's the, that's the Russ we need. And, man, it's funny when people used to say that about Russ because rebounding is a lot of just about pride and effort. Like, he was like, oh, I'm just going to deliberately take everybody's well, rebound. Like, go get the rebound. Why you think it, why you think it was stupid? Because it's basically, it's nine, there's ten people, effort. Go yeah. get it. And you're mad 
that he was putting in effort. And when you're telling your sinners, 90% of NBA teams is begging their sinners to rebound. Come on, make a conscious rebound, box out and rebound. Then when a guard like consciously does it, he goes, oh, he's patting them stats. Like what? I mean, you play in the league. How hard is it to get a stat in the NBA? I, I imagine it's a difficult thing to do where you can't just go out and determine, all right, I'm going to have 15 rebounds tonight. No, no, no. When it comes to, that's what I said, rebounds, you're, you're, you're going against nine other people. So trying to go out there and get 10, let alone 20, that's just high-level effort. Okay. Because that's, that well, that always... mean you don't think, you, you don't think, Players are going into the game saying, yeah, I'm going to I'm try to get 10 rebounds a day. Everyone does it. Like, our Russ's teammates like, no, I'm just going to let Russ get the rebounds because I know he's trying to average a triple-double. I mean, personally, I mean, I love you, Russ, but I'm trying to go get some boards, dog, because I'm that, trying to get some But if it was that easy, everybody, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. Exactly. Okay, I just want to make sure. Listen, you don't think, you know, I don't even want to put nobody out there, but you don't think if they can average a triple-double, they would? If you don't think they can average a double-double, they would? Yeah. Just is just... Boxing out, going to get the rebound, doing all this. It's, it's easier because it's easier for a guard to do that, like Jason Kidd did, um, because his man is not going to offensive rebound. So he gets to fly in there by himself. The big man, you better box your man out. I mean, yeah, I, I can't understand Russ still coming off the bench in this situation. It just seems now kind of like a, a weird thing. Like I used to see it in college. Like, right, a guy gives us a spark. That's at what, a certain spot. But that's what tells me there's just no, there's no education. There's no basketball education. The, like, it's like being street smart and book smart. They're book smart. So you think Darvin Ham just needs to go ahead and make his next move, his best move, and give Russ that starting spot back? If, I, if I'm Darvin Ham, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look up there and say, hey, you guys are book smart. I'm street smart. We're in the streets right now. Let me do my thing. Let me do my thing. Because at the end of the day, if I'm listening to you anyway and we lose, you're firing me. So if I'm gonna get fired, I'm gonna get fired playing my style, listening to my gut, because I'm here. I'm, I'm, you know, you guys are just paper pushers up there. You guys really don't know basketball like that. You guys know names, you guys know contracts, you know, you know, you know budgets. You don't know, you know, who plays what, how it's played, when it's played. You know, so I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit there and, and pay attention to everything you're saying up there because you, you've never played the game. And I think that's what goes, that's the problem with management and coaches. And coaches that usually have the freedom is the ones that's general managers too. So we look at this Lakers squad. Do we three, have to? They have to. Three okay. and ten right now. Damn. Through the first 13 games of the season, 14th in the West. Is there any avenue or way? And obviously, don't have Schroeder yet. Thomas Bryant gonna come in, not gonna say these guys are gonna just completely turn the program around, turn the team around. But when LeBron comes back and these guys are healthy, can this squad finish top 10 in the West? I'm not even saying top eight. Can they finish top 10 in the West and at least make the playing game? Schroeder comes back, LeBron comes back. Um, Thomas Bryant comes back. Russ still starting or coming off the bench? Uh, dealer's choice. We'll say he's coming <laughs> off the bench just because that's the What is Schroeder doing? Schroeder might be starting. But Schroeder does play well in that six-man role, so it would be interesting to see. You have Russell now. You can't do that. So I'm saying he might, he might get elevated to the starting line. As lineup. I said, you, you see where you... I get it. See, I can, I, can, I can already see that. That's why I can already see that. So this is a playoff I, I team. Start, but then you mean Patrick Beverly's out. 
His minutes, I don't need him. Minutes might be reduced. Because that means I will have, I will have um, Schroeder and Walker now at the one, two? Yeah. Who's my three? If LeBron comes back or not. I mean, I'll probably put three. Who's the four? Eighty-five. Who is it? Who's the shit? That's what I said. I stopped, I stopped paying attention. I stopped paying attention, bro. Uh, Troy Brown is beginning a little bit of burn on that side. Three. Okay. But yeah, my, my then 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 I'm coming off the bench with Russ and and Reeves and none. I wouldn't use uh, Pat Beverly would be your starter now, but you're you're my ninth man to be honest. I'm offense. I, Y'all problem is you can't score. Y'all scoring 18, 19 points in the fourth quarter. You're scoring 33, 36, 28, 12, 18, 16. Your fourth quarter lineup is just horrendous. Y'all think y'all got to stop somebody and not realize you got to put the ball in the basket. That's real. This is stick. Dumb. They just... This is why, and we need to really, this is talking to all you coaches out there, future coaches, the ones that's about to get fired soon. The, the reason you're struggling is this. You have a defensive lineup, right? Which means you have players on your team that can't score, right? They're there for defense and defense only. They cannot score. If I'm the opposing team, I can put out five offensive players. The reason is I don't have to worry about them playing defense because you're doing it for me. They're not. You have three, four players that can't score. And that's, I mean, that's the, <laughs> this is the struggle we saw with the Lakers early in the season, playing exquisite defense. Like, the defense has been expiring. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen them play at that level in a long time. I'm sure Lakers fans can agree, like, it was enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. But now you're just coming down, breaking the three, wasting the possession, and to your point, but they're not paying attention to the concept because they've never really actually played the game to really understand it. Okay, Patrick Beverly in the fourth quarter is guarding me. I'm taking seven to 10 shots, right? He's taking one to two. I don't need to play defense on him. I don't need to play. I, so now if this was another guy who scored 10 or who, who, who shot the ball 10 to, you know, seven to 10 times, it forces the coach to say, yo, Gil's a liability. We might need to pull him. <laughs> we might need to pull him because he's, he's having a rough time. But I don't need to. You, you're, not even, you're not even challenging me no more. That's why Curry has skated through because y'all are trying to defend him. Instead of saying, no, Curry, you're going to play some defense, too. Yeah, Let's play cool. some defense, too. So he's sitting there just shoot, shoot, shoot. And then on, on defense, he's like, I don't got to do nothing but rest. And that's what these, these coaches are not really understanding why their team's starting to suck. So last question on the Lakers. You know, seems like all offseason they were talking about the Miles Turner, Buddy Hill trade. The issue was the Lakers giving up those those two first round picks. They need them shits now. So my my and I, I feel like as the days go on, that trade becomes less and less likely because the return ultimately for you know three quarters of a season, half a season. If you want to make that in the summer, get it going. 
we could sacrifice that. But now you're going to give up those two picks for a team that very well may be mid regardless of whatever happens. Yeah, you, 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 got, you got Reggie, okay? You got Reggie right now, you're going to trade the shit for some more Reggie. All right. <laughs> All right. You got Arizona Reggie versus uh, SoCal Reggie. It's still Reggie. All right. So you're making a trade to give up two picks that at this point, it looks like we need them. For sure. You know, it looks like the, the way things are panning out, we, the Lakers, look like we need some draft picks later on in life. You know, I know people talking about, because I've mentioned it, not on the podcast, just, you know, barbershop talk, um, that if we never had our, if we never had it a trade, right, we would still have D'Angelo All-Star, B.I. All-Star, Kuzma playing his ass off right now. Um, Zoe's hurt, but Zoe became decent. And then you had uh, Julius Randle. And then you also had um, Clarkson. That was a that's a team. <laughs> now look at that seven that seven man group, and they still are all under thirty. Yeah, you Which, know we got a championship. We got that championship. You know what I mean? But do you feel like that squad wouldn't have been enough to get you multiple championships? Like no, because there was no superstar in the team. You tell me, all-stars. really good team. I don't Wait, see. Real, I mean, uh, no, very good. T- right now, if you put all those guys together, that is a very good young team. That's a very, I mean, it's a very good young team, but is that a championship team? Is it, is that team worth the that championship? championship? No. And everybody say bubble championship, this, that, It don't matter. The, the wild shit to me is the bubble championship was so easy to win that only the Lakers won it. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, how easy it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they had a, a competitive advantage versus the other teams who got three months off. They got to get healthy and all that yeah. other shit. It's just a wild, you know, and then they tell me shit like, oh, well, look at TJ Warren, what these other guys were doing. So you're telling me that guys were playing at a higher level than you've ever seen them play in the bubble. Practice players. Mediocre players played better in the bubble because they, they didn't have fan pressure. But does that make it more competitive then would be my question. It makes it more competitive. It, it gave, listen, I say that was the hardest championship for the Lakers because they didn't have home court advantage. At all. And what I mean home court advantage is they're like the Cowboys. When they go, they have a crowd. It's so, cracking. So, be honest, we can throw a shot at the Clippers here. That was Clippers' best chance to win a championship over the Lakers because in that bubble, it's even playing field. Now, imagine if you had to play them in the Western Conference Finals. That's seven games, Lakers. Only way the only way Clippers cheer for you is when you go up. Is when you go up and they're like, okay, yeah, we we good, y'all. Woo! Other than that, this Laker crowd. That's why. I mean, imagine having to play a game without Jack Nicholson there, just that that safety blanket, that comfort, yeah. you know, you know, the original Joker, the real one. Yeah, he's there. He's yeah. rolling with you, and all the celebrity stars and all that good stuff. Now you got to play in the bubble with the Jumbotron, with your family at the crib that you can't family see. Family at the crib, all up on the thing. <laughs> all right, so now we got to go to the other coast. We did the best coast, now we got to do the other side. We got to <laughs> talk about the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, situation going on with Brooklyn, obviously the Kyrie situation, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Simmons, there's so much to touch on. But they dropped two straight games. Pretty embarrassing fashion. Lost to the Lakers in L.A., went to the Kings. <laughs> I mean, you know, went to the Kings uh, crib and got just smackerooed by 32. But, you know, you look at this squad and everything going on, especially from KD's standpoint. He has some, some interesting quotes that we'll get to in a second. But I want to ask you, 
Is that bad luck or a bad team? As of right now, bad team. That's had bad luck. So that's a double whammy. Yeah. A very bad team that's just had bad luck for the last three years. So when we talk about this season, uh, KD did a recent interview and had some questionable things to say about the, the Nets starting lineup. You know, he said, look, look at our starting lineup. <laughs> it's not disrespect, but what are you expecting with that group? And he added some more. <laughs> no disrespect, but all. <laughs> but he added some more context. And they're, you know, talking about the, the trade that he demanded during the offseason. He said he's having a good time. He's having fun with this team. But you, you can't look at this squad and just this squad with Kevin Durant and expect him to just carry this team to the championship, which I feel like makes sense. You don't got Kyrie. Ben Simmons has been dealing with his issues, trying to get back acclimated to the NBA mm-hmm. game. Was, was KD being a little too honest, though, with the supporting cast with those comments? Uh, I, <laughs> I want to say it was politically correct, but... He said, I, listen, he, he, did, he did a better job than I would have did. You know, I mean, we've, we've, seen, we've seen star players really just like, look at this. Who you want to pass the ball to? We've seen that. Um, but he's right. Look at us. You know what I mean? So you guys are sitting here expecting us to, you know, what, win four or five in a row, six in a row, seven in a row. It's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. You know, we don't have the makeup. We don't have the star power. We don't have, I don't have the help. It's basically what he's saying. It might be a cry out for like, yo, can you let Kyrie play now? Because look, like you're looking at this name. You're looking at me. How about let's go to the other names and see if it matches up to what you want our record to be. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Let's talk about Kyrie for a second. Obviously, whatever the opinions were with, with posting the tweet and all that stuff, he offered his apology. He's now been out, I think, seven games going on, eight games, and they still try to figure this out. Is it getting a little ridiculous on that side? And to your point, it seems like KD is, is kind of passive-aggressively saying, like, look, this is what the performance is going to be if you don't get me the guys who can get me to where we need to get to. So, you know, how do you see that situation with Kyrie playing out with the Nets? And, I mean, when I looked at, like, the list of all the, the shit, the hoops he needed to go through, for me, it's like, all right, man, he, he did something wrong. He apologized for it. Let's move on. You know the thing about accountability? What does it actually mean? What, is it, what does it really mean in, in, in real time to be accountable? Because if someone takes accountability and you don't accept it, yeah. then what was the point? Exactly. You know, what was the point of it? Like, you know, there was one quote is like, well, you know, you apologize, you know, till they're satisfied. Then he's not playing this year. No one's going to be satisfied. That, that's, that's, that's the trick. That is the, that is the trick of it all. That when you're accountable, when a man stands up and says, I f***ed up, I did bad, my fault. Please forgive me. Yeah. There's a group of people, just period, that's going to be like, nah, 
No, I'm just going to keep making you pay. I'm going to make you pay to this year. I'm going to make you pay next year. I'm going to keep making you pay for something you've did in your past. That's why the whole movement of anything is just the cancel culture is really just stupid because the only person, the only people that are not moving forward are the people that's trying to hold you accountable. That, that's really the only people that's, hold, that's not moving forward in life is the people that's holding you accountable because you got to remember, for him to get back playing, that means he had to do everything on that list, right? So there's a, the list of six items. For him to play, he has to do all six. Once he does all six, he's, a, he's been accountable. That means there shouldn't be one person trying to boycott still. But we know that's not going to happen. So that means what he did, he moved forward. Why aren't you? Yeah, I think for me, he offers a, what I felt like was a sincere apology. Mm -hmm. And that's my opinion. My opinion doesn't mean like, shit, mm -hmm. just like your opinion, anybody no. else. <laughs> but how, you know, it's like, oh, that wasn't good enough or that wasn't enough of apology. I mean, just like, you know, people have made missteps in life before. I mean, you know, I think about, you know, our former president who literally said Nazis are fine people. And mm -hmm. he was rewarded with like 70 million votes in the next election, didn't win. But it seems like Kyrie's being held to a standard that we don't hold people who literally have the, the, the nuclear codes. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not condoning whatever he did. That, that's obviously between him and the league and Josiah and the Nets and all that good stuff. But at a certain point when you make that apology, which you were asked to do and which you did willingly, it wasn't like they held a gun to his head mm -hmm. and said, hop on IG and do it. Very, very, I think very well composed, drawn out apology for what happened. At some point, are you gonna let this man go back? Like, but that, that, that's always been my that's always been my issue when when people bring up your past, when you know, and they keep it lingering. It's like, how do you how do you expect someone to learn, to understand, to to have knowledge if you keep bringing them backwards? You keep bringing them backwards, yeah. right? You know. You're, you're canceling, how is, how is canceling, how is canceling helping everyone else understand what the problem is? You know, we, you, you watch someone get whooped for what he did, everybody else is like, all right, okay. All right, we, we're just gonna pretend that it's not happening. Instead of having dialogue, yeah. dialogue, understanding, we need to understand, we're human, we need to understand what he did wrong, because for everyone else, this is, it's like we're supposed to already mind read. For everyone else, we're like, well, he, all he did was posted something. He didn't say any words. You know, we got to remember, most of us don't even know what it was about. Most of us never seen the documentary. No. We haven't watched the documentary. So we really don't know what's going on, the details of it. But when we talk about it, because everyone gets penalized, no one wants to talk about it. Then how do we understand not to do it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like cancel culture is a term that gets thrown around. I mean, all these people allegedly I've seen be canceled or whatever that means, come back, get bigger bags than they got before. So really like, shit, you almost, <laughs> you almost better off being up. Yeah, I, I, I know I, what you wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw Donald Sterling get canceled and make $2 billion. I saw Robert Sarver <laughs> get canceled and make, what, he's gonna make four or five plus, you know. Like Sterling got canceled, right? and literally raised NBA team valuations to a level that we had never seen before. Mm -hmm. Walked away, I think, with $1.2 billion. The Clippers were probably really worth eight or $900 million at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. But because Steve Ballmer wanted to get into the NBA, he dropped the big bag. 
And as a result, well, shit, if the Clippers are worth $2 billion, then what are the Lakers worth? And what are the Cowboys worth? And so really, like, that canceling means a big bag coming for some. Well, I mean, just, I mean it's just the, at the end of the day, man, it's all about conversation, dialogue, learning, you know, um, forgiving. You got to remember, forgiving is, the, is really, the, the forgiving is what's going to be the key to the story with Kyrie. No. If he steps foot on that court, I don't want to hear no one say what he did wrong. Because he can't step on the court unless he does this thing. It's just like being married, right? You, you, you f***ed up, you know, rough night, drunk. <laughs> you know, did, did some wild things. And your wife gives you this to-do list to take you back for you to get back in your house, right? Once you get back in the house, that means you became Superman. Do not penalize me anymore. You know what I mean? So when, when, when he gets back on that court, I don't want to see marches and people standing the f*** up and all that shit. I, I don't want to see that. Well, and, and that 500000 who the f*** $500,000 going to? Rich people? I would just say, I mean, even... even How about 500000 free hot dogs for the fans? How about that? Something. For sure. I would just say, comparatively, you know, we're heading back to D.C. where you're getting honored. Saw the post go up, right? And I already knew under the post what some of the comments were going to be. A lot of stuff was supportive. A lot of stuff trying to bring up, you know, rehash old wounds, bring up stuff from back in the day, but not count on the fact of, of who you've become since that moment. You know yeah, what I mean? Nope. Since that time. Great dad, you know what I mean? Turned up crib, always have lovely snacks here. <laughs> like, you know, lovely gummy bears and all that mm -hmm. good shit. But, you know, no issues beyond that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's like but people still want to hang that over your head. And a lot of these people don't really have any ground to stand on because they don't live perfect lives either. So I feel like, you know, I think none of us are without sin, right? None of us have done shit that, that we're, we've all done stuff we're not proud of. Mm -hmm. But it's able to move forward. And I can only imagine, like, you know, some shit I did 20, 25 years or whatever it may be, everywhere I go now, oh, you did, but you did that shit back in 97, so you can't ever... But that's like, what I said, it's a double-edged sword. They want you to, to be accountable. And when you are, they're like, oh, never mind. We don't want it. We, because they found a reason to hate you and they want to continue to hate you for that reason. So they don't want you to get better. And I remember watching Lakers win the championship, right? Celebrating. Was it, was it, was he Metal World Peace at that time? I, I think he was, yeah, Metal was World. He, was he actually Metal yeah. World Peace? Yeah, I believe so. And they brung up the Detroit Pistons brawl. And I'm sitting here like, this is the first thing you say when you win a championship? Like, how does that even cross your mind? That was seven years. He's been on three or four different teams since then. This man has moved. This man is a champion now. That means he is not the same person. Like, I should, I, should, I wish I was the, I wish I was Ron Artest. I said, you know what? I want to give you a spanking. And they're like, for what? You pissed in your bed when you was two. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's what you're doing. You're bringing up some shit that's long gone from now. And the, I mean, the thing too, I feel like the media kind of has this attitude of arrogance as if they've never, these people asking these questions have never done anything wrong in their life. And it's like, damn, if we had to go through your whole life with they, the you, magnifying you, glass, they, like we'll find some shit that we, we can climb. We're, pretend, we're pretending like people don't grow and move on. Right, that's why I said, what, what does accountability actually mean? That's why I, I used to say, I'm never say I, don't, I don't say sorry, I don't believe in it. Because you're not gonna, you're not gonna accept it any way. 
Might as well just double down. That was, you know, that's where double down come from. I might as well just double down and just make it worse because what does it matter? <laughs> what does it matter? Because if I say sorry, I really apologize. I change my behavior. I really change because that's the only way yeah. apologies are really. If I do something and I say, all right, before I apologize, this is how I accept apology. Before I apologize, let me change my behavior. Let me realize my mistake, change it, become a better human being, become a different person and then say hey listen that old me i'm apologizing for who i was i am not that person anymore i do not think like that anymore i really understand what i did wrong yeah i'm sorry that is a real genuine sorry after i do that and then you say oh yeah you still this 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 is nah, you. <laughs> now i want to say this shit again i done did four years of change yeah for you to make one comment i'm ready to yeah. I'm ready to refer back. Yeah, don't bring back the old me. <laughs> but so let's get back to the Nets. So we've got to talk about Ben Simmons. Now, there was a report that came out that said, you know, certain players in the Nets organization or certain people in the Nets organization are going increasingly frustrated with Ben Simmons. Do you understand that frustration? And, and what is it going to take for Ben? You know, he had his first, I think, you know, double-digit game, dropped 11 points against the Kings. That was the first time he'd done that in, like, 500 days. Seems like he's getting back, but some people are just questioning, you know, his intensity, how much he really loves the game. Listen, um, how's his defense? Amazing, right? That's what he was. All-defensive player, two years, right? Back-to-back. Uh, -back. Playmaker, playmaker, unselfish, um, we know what he's capable of, but reality needs to kick in. He's, he has not tried to average 30 in this league. Stop asking for it, all right? But I don't think there's 30 per se, but can we get in the 15 to 20 range? I'm yes, but you, but you gotta remember, he did not play all last year. Yeah. You know, he had a back problem. That's fixed, that's healed. Now he has to get his legs. To, I mean, he has to get the game back. It's not, like, you gotta remember, this person's missed, missed a whole year. That's like, that's like, you know, it, it's riding a bike, but it's not, it's not in a marathon. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the Peloton, not the marathon, it's and, the Peloton. And you, you will know, never, I don't care how long you ride that Peloton for, you will never. never. And, that's, and that's what it is, no matter how great he looks, in summer league, he has to still be able to transfer it until the NBA. And that just comes with just playing and playing and playing. You know, um, I, I don't think he really gets aggressive until, until if KD misses a couple games and he is forced to say, Ben, go out there and take 20, 30 shots. But right now he's going to play, he's going to play I call it flawless type basketball. He doesn't want to make any mistakes. He don't want to, he just wants to blend in. He don't want to stand out. He just, uh, I just want to blend in. I just want to be unnoticed. That's, that's what it's looking like to me. He just wants to be unnoticed until he feels comfortable again. Okay. Which is hard, which is hard, which is not realistic. Like nigga, I, I'm, I'm missing, I'm missing Kyrie, bro. I need you to step in. Yeah. I need you now. I don't need you in January because we don't know when Kyrie's coming in, and by the time that happens, the season could be lost. All right, so let's move now to the Bay Area. Defending champs, Golden State Warriors. Warriors are currently 6-8. and eight. Uh, 
winless on the road. Damn. 0-7 mm. so far this season. It's the first time a defending champ has gone 0-7 in away games. Have they played the Lakers yet? At any point. They played. Uh, I didn't play them on the road, but they oh, yeah. played them to start the season. But first time a, a defending champ has gone 0-7 in away games, I think since the Mavs in 2011-2012, and that was at any point. Mm-hmm. This is the start of the season. So Steve Kerr has some interesting things to say. He said, you know, we're talking about the Warriors dynasty. We know this isn't going forever. This could be the last year. Maybe next year is the last year. We're in the final stages. We know that. So I got to ask you, Gil, Warriors, is this bad luck or a bad team? They're not a bad team, and they don't have any bad luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're ju- it's just... What, then what do, I mean, look, we got... That's what I said. It's, it's, ne- it's neither because we know the, this is defending champs. Steph Curry's playing his ass off. Playing better than his unanimous MVP season. Yeah, so, you know, his, this, this is not bad luck for them. This is not a bad team. So what's the issue? They're just not clicking. They're just not. They're just. They're just not clicking. And no, it is not because of the the, the situation that happened in practice. That's not the reason for yeah. what's going on now. They're just, you know, some pieces that was that helped them last year are not there anymore, and some things probably need to change, you know, in the lineup for the team to click better. Who knows? I mean, when you look at this squad, and this is the thing for me is like. As long as this team makes the playoffs, it has that same feel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of that Lakers squad in 2021, where as long as they get in the playoffs, mm-hmm. barring any injury, obviously Lakers are about to go up 3-1 on the Suns. You know, by and large, a lot of people felt that they could, you know, contend and, you know, make it to the back to the finals without AD getting hurt. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. It mm-hmm. is what it is. But this is a squad to me, as long as they make the playoffs, who wants to play the Warriors in the playoffs at, in any spot? You might have home court advantage, whatever it may be. Do they, they really think they can beat these dudes in a seven-game series? Yeah, when, you, when you're talking about, you know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Poole, you don't want to face that team in a seven-game series. So, you know, um, you know right now for them, is they're just trying to figure out who they are. Even though they're the defending champs, it's really who we are now. You know, who, who we are. We're, we're a year older. You know, um, you got some young horses that, you know, they're eyeing, you know, I should be the starter. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, hold on, hold on. You know what I mean? So you have a, you know, you have a lot of things going on. You know, um, is Draymond going to be traded? Is he going to be here next year? You know, there's still, you know, you know, wise men, you know, he's coming back. He's still trying to figure out, you know, you know, right, I'm, the, sent, I'm the number two pick. What's happening? Sent to the G League, though, which, I mean, look, I think it's going to take some time for him to figure it out. It's funny, man. Preseason, you know, I tweeted about it too. High on Wiseman, you can see where he could go if he played at the level that you know he can play at. Hasn't really got it yet. The, the bench has struggled. I think that's been kind of the main reason mm-hmm. for, for this slide. But, it's, again, it's early in the season, right? These guys are going to figure it out. But I want to talk about, you know, one of the stalwarts, the, the other half of the Splash Brothers, Clay Thompson. Clay's been struggling this season. Clay came back. I think exceeded a lot of expectations after the two-year layoff, averaging 20 points per game, winning the championship. Clay struggled this year. I got to ask you, and I don't expect Clay to ever get back to that, you know, pre-injury level. But in your opinion, is Clay Thompson washed? <laughs> washed? No. He averaged 20 last year, being gone for two years. Um, you know, sometimes you know, 
you know, just the, the injury itself, you know, kicks in the year after he comes back, you know, um, because you got to remember what he did to get back. He probably is not doing now because he, he's back. He's not this. He's not. Of course, he's not the same clay. Um, he could be a better version, worse version, but he's not the same. It is Clay Thompson. It's not like he used athleticism. I mean, you know, from him is just this shot. His 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 set is his defense lacking. Same player to me. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, he's probably just mentally questioning himself too. Um, you know, he's not gonna. You know, you know, you can see he he doesn't have the same confidence. You know, it's more. He he doesn't have that same swagger. He had before, and you know he's been missing for two years. You know, well, you know he won a championship, but he can't say he played well. Um, you know, so you know he might be questioning. You know, is he the same? You know, he might be. You know, that might that's just a self, where he just got to look himself in the mirror and say, you know, I'm still that. I'm still that dude. I'm, I'm, I can still flame you for sixty with eleven dribbles because he can. There's there's. Nothing's changed with, with, with the mechanics of what he does. Let's talk about Jordan Poole. You talked about the fight early, or, you know, and for me, as, as Hoopers, you see that type of shit mm -hmm. at pretty much every level. It doesn't get publicized, the, the videos don't leak. Mm -hmm. But dudes, you know, you have enough of dudes, see enough of dudes every single day. And these could be people that you love like brothers. Mm -hmm. Like They are brothers. Yeah. Let's square up every yeah, once yeah, in a yeah. Sometimes, yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes we just gotta run a favor yeah, quick yeah. to see what it really is. Whatever, I see you talking a little too much, feeling a certain mm -hmm. way, and it's a humbling experience. Literally, I, you know, when I was at UCLA, probably about four or five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later my first day as a freshman, <laughs> you know, y'all can look it up in the paper, but I seen some shit with two dudes who, you know, I'm close with, who are brothers now, close to shit. Mm -hmm. But, it was, yo, some shit went down, and I'm looking like, damn, is this what college is like? But mm -hmm. it is what it is. When we talk about Jordan Poole, does Jordan Poole, now got the, the contract extension, he seems to be kind of the future of this Warriors franchise. Does Jordan Poole need to be starting every game? Yeah, I thought about it. The first, my first reaction was yes. And then, you know, when I had to really put my basketball mind on, then no. Because it's, it's like the Russell Westbrook and um, LeBron situation. He's more like Steph Curry than he is like Clay. So what ends up happening is you have Steph and Poole trying to do the same thing. Even though Curry can play without the ball, Poole can't pass like Curry. So Curry will suffer because of Poole starting. You're going to probably sub out Curry first to put Clay in, and Poole is on his young boy's. He's on his young boy swag. So, you know, he can really, it can really offset the real balance of the team. So I'd rather keep everything as is, you know, um, you know, sub those two in for each other and let Poole fill his way in and then let Curry come in for, you know, there's a three-man rotation they have right now. But um, I think if you, you know, Clay is really not mentally where I need him to be. Putting him on a bench does not seem like it would be a positive situation for me. Okay. You got um, a man who has four rings, been there for all four, and you're like, come off the bench now. That does one. not, I, I, don't, I don't care, does not play well. So we talked about Steve Kerr's comments uh, earlier in the segment, but I gotta ask you, 
is the end of the Warriors dynasty here or near? We've, how many times have we said we, we've, we've, that, that narrative been? If, I believe me, I, I got packed up last year for <laughs> really, and I, I deserved it and I appreciate For me, like, look, I might clown the Warriors. I'm a LeBron guy, been mm-hmm. a ton of battles, but you appreciate what that squad's been able to do and how they were able to come back together and win that championship mm-hmm. last year. You know, get rid of some of the criticisms, or you, can, you couldn't do without KD or without a, you know, a healthy roster on the other side. So for them to go and do it, I was more than happy to accept and embrace that mm-hmm. packing up. Because with Steph's contributed to this game, Draymond Clay, even seeing a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who we talked about mm-hmm. at length, and him kind of stepping into that role now as a, as a star player in this league, or near that, near that road. It's just like, it's hard for me to say that this dynasty is over. And it's almost like we're talking this shit now. We saw the Heat do this back in the day. I think they started like 11 and 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the same talk going on. Whereas like once these dudes find their footing, like. See, what, what okay, the dynasty of the big three is winding down, but the dynasty of Golden State is not. Okay. Because we're not factoring in that they have a Kirk, I mean, a, a Curry type of player in pool. They have Wiggins. Okay. And they have Wiseman. Right? So you still have a potential next big three while the original big three is still there, where the young three can learn from these two. Because you still have Curry's, what, two, three more years of greatness. And it's wild to say that, you know, we can say two to three, but it could be three, it could be four, four, it could be be five. five. Yeah, it could be Um, six. It doesn't look like he's slowing down. Um, Clay is a automatic bucket when it comes to the shot. Once he finds his rhythm, then he's... He's 20 still. I mean, you know I mean, when he's, tw- he's 20, he's a 20 point scorer still. Yeah. So those two, what Draymond does is what Draymond does. So if somehow we can get this other three to just like catch up a little bit, you have a strong six next year and a year after where, you know, Curry's playing about 25 minutes and Poole is at the 35, 40. You know what I mean? You have you 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 have a team that looks like they're about to fall apart, but they can just overnight be like, "Oh no no, we here." And then Wiggins is like, "Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Toronto blood kicked in." You know, now I'm averaging 26, 27, and you're sitting there like, "Oh man, we didn't expect that." Yeah. Well, I hope Twitter will, will follow the same fashion because it feels like the Twitter dynasty is cooked right now. Obviously, <laughs> with new management. Well, you know, always appreciate your, your insight, Gil, and uh, just your perspective on the game and on life. This has been another edition of No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll be back with more very soon.